He ran up the stairs and was banging on the door. He had already been shot. Nobody answered the door. We believe that somebody saw something. It's just a matter of finding that right person. Welcome back to Operation Evil. This is episode 55, Henrik Sawak. I'm your host, Nyoka. I'm Rachel. We hope that you've had a wonderful weekend as we did. And I do want to give a shout out to my daughter, Alexis. Today is her birthday. Happy birthday. Um, but it'd be a day late by the time this is released. But anyway. Um, happy birthday, Alexis. Yes. Happy birthday. Um, that's all I have for business. Do you have anything? Happy birthday, even though she won't listen to my daughter, Haven. On Haven. The 12th. Happy birthday, yes, Haven. It'd be after the fact. Yes. Look at that. Both our kids' birthdays. Well, now to business. Today's episode is brought to you by Rachel. <laughs> Take it away. <laughs> Thank you, Nayo. Thank You're you, welcome. Nayoko. You're welcome. So we, I was trying to figure out, you know, we always try to figure out episodes, stories that are a little bit like maybe no one's heard of just to kind of get out there to freshen people's eyes or whatever, like little cold cases, have you, whatever. Um, I had never heard of this person, Henrik Sewak. Um, and, but what's so interesting is the fact that he was murdered on September 11th, 2001. So I had to cover the story and there is other people that have covered his story. Um, but it's just one of those things where you just hope that someone sees his picture or hears his name and then comes forward. So the killer or killers can be caught. I don't think I know this one. Now, I got to warn you, too, it's going to be kind of short, but again, it's one of those everybody needs to know. Okay. All right. So his wife, Hendrick's wife, referred to him as a calm man who became restless, and his sister said he was a workaholic. And I just think that's so cute and so funny because he's like just the epitome of like a hardworking family man. His priority, number one priority from everything that you will read is that taking care of his family, that above all, that was his priority. In his mid-40s, I think he was like 46, he lost his job as a rail, railway inspector. And something like was going on with the economy. Like it wasn't like lack of his, um, you know, like... um what do you call it? Like his skills or whatever. It was just, it was so hard to find a job. So he decided to move closer to his sister, Lucina. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, in New York, she lived in Queens. So he decided to move in October, 2000. And he moved all the way from Krakow, Poland. And the plan was to find work like wherever he could, like, just make as much money as he could and send it home to his wife. I'm 
probably not going to say his wife's name right. Her name was Ewa. It's like E-W-A. Hmm. Um, yeah. Now, she worked as a school teacher, so she worked as well. But it was said in one thing that, like, they were trying to save money to put toward the college fund because they had a daughter that was 17, Gabriella. And then they had a son that was, his name was Adam, and he was about 10. So on September 11th, Henrik was working at a construction site in Lower Manhattan. But due to circumstances beyond their control, of course, the site was closed down. So he returned home to, he returned to his home in Queens. And he did talk to his wife over the telephone. And he told her that he was safe. And she was like, you know, please don't, please don't go home. Please don't go out. Just please stay home. But he was like, I need to work. So it's unclear, though. At some point, he agreed that he would stay home. But it's not for sure, like, what happened after she got off the phone with him. So why is she asking him to stay home? So at this point in Poland, her and her son are already seeing on the television. The What's going on? Okay. That's what yeah. I was wondering. Okay. Yeah. It's about <clears throat> three o'clock in the afternoon, their time. So it's already being broadcasted at this point. So, you know, they're, they're frightened. They're like, what's going on? And I'm sure they knew that he was in lower Manhattan, you know, do at this construction site. Cause it sounds like he always was commutative, like letting her know where he was at all times. Um, but whether or not he now he did see the planes hit, but whether or not he knew it was the towers, that's kind of questionable. But he did see the planes hit. Okay. And she also said too that he did not have a working TV and that he didn't speak English very well or understand it very well. So she is like, you know, he just didn't understand the gra- the gravity. Gra- gravity of the situation so at some point he leaves his house either he got a call about a job or he left to go to this employment agency that was actually for polish immigrants about this job he at some point talks to his landlord and the landlord helps him make this map to map out where this job site is and, and again, he was just focused on taking care of his family. He couldn't afford to miss a day of work. He, it was just important to him, like, I need to make this money, so I got to do what I got to do. He leaves around 1030, 1040 that night, and he boards a train to the destination where he is supposed to, he thinks he's supposed to be. It's at a market. Like, he gets a job at this market cleaning the floors and it's the job starts at midnight. So unaware. So when actually me back, let me back up. So when Henrik gets off the train, he turns left, he walks left instead of right. Unaware Henrik and his landlord mapped out the trip for the wrong location. And this ends him up in a very rough area, a very rough neighborhood. The map led him to Albany Avenue in Bed-Stuy, 
when he should have been on Albany Avenue in Farragut. It's like F-A-R-R-A-G-U-T. Okay. I think this was like the Bronx, maybe. I'm not for sure, but it was definitely in New York. So there's a four-mile difference between the two locations. And again, like at this intersection where he ended up, it was like Albany and... um. What was the other? Albany and and Decatur Street. It was really rough. It's believed that he got off the train near one Albany Avenue in Bedford-Stuyvesant just after 11 p.m., arriving at the start of the avenue. Then he walked left instead of right, which brought him to the intersection of Albany and Decatur Street. Not sure of what happened next. Henrik was shot at six to eight times. Wow. He was hit. Yeah. Some of the detectives think that like a a group of people approached him, but it's just unclear. Unclear. He was shot once in the chest and he made his way across the street to a brownstone, made it up the steps and was ringing the bell for help, but no one came. He made it back down the steps and collapsed on the sidewalk, and he he died. As for the investigation, because of the terrorist attacks, all resources were there at Ground Zero. Right. Detective Joyce, he later, you know, he has said, he's like, I'm paraphrasing a little bit here, but he's like, did Henrik get like 100% like full resources from New York police department? No, but the resources that were available that the team that was there, they did a phenomenal job. Usually a crime scene unit will go down, but for Henrik, an evidence team was sent and an evidence team they are usually sent for like low level burglaries and like car break ins. But again, you know, just to stress, like the detective Joyce said that, that they did the best they could with what they had. Right. Now, detective Joyce, he was part of the 79th precinct in bed at the time. He, in his heart believes it was a robbery gone bad or it could have been a gang initiation, but he, he is like settled on the be- the robbery gone bad. Gang violence was heavily present in that community. It's a case that still haunts Detective Joyce. Even though he retired, he's been retired since like he retired in 2006. Um, he hopes that someone will change their mind. Like time has changed. Maybe someone's not scared like they used to be. And, you know, maybe someone will come forward. It was a type of neighborhood where if you heard a gunshot, you didn't look out your window. You just went on about your business. And he encourages, you know, for fresh eyes, like detectives to come, which we all know a fresh set of eyes is vital to cold cases. Yep. Another detective, Detective Prate, who later became the lead investigator, and Detective Boyce, who was the commanding officer of the 40th precinct in in the Bronx at the time, 
they explained how difficult it was to find a witness. And like in cases like that, um, what they do is they use everyone from all units. Like they'll use someone from narcotics. They'll use someone from the gangs division, someone from vice. And they'll call on these detectives to like help find a witness. Like, you know, talk to them, like, you know, please help us out here. Like, did you see something? Did somebody say something? They just use all resources possible. But again, that night it was impossible because they were we had a terrorist attack. attack. Yeah. Right. Yeah. My name is Detective George Harvey. It's a, I work at the 79th Precinct Detective Squad. A Polish immigrant by the name of Henrik Siliak was killed on September 11, 2001. In 2001, this area was very uh, violent. There's no iPhones, there was no video cameras, or there was a few, but not like it is today in the neighborhood. Like every building around here pretty much has a camera on it, and uh, it makes it easier to solve some of the crimes. Um, but back then, 2001, we just relied on the public to come forward and give us information. As far as we know, he only spoke Polish. He was only in the country for a short time, so he probably didn't even understand what was being said, if anything was being said, or he couldn't communicate himself to the people on the block. Anybody that gets arrested in this area, the detective squad um, debriefs them in regards to information in regards to this case. Uh, so far, nothing has, has come turned up. I mean, we believe somebody saw something. It's just a matter of finding that person. So I believe that probably the person responsible is probably still in the area. We'd like to ultimately give the family some kind of closure in regards to the case and you know find out who did this. Now, Lucina, Henrik's sister, she doesn't really believe that it was a robbery gone bad because the thing is with her, his wallet was still in his back pocket and he had $75 in the wallet. Oh. Now, most of us, yeah, most of us, that's what we would think, right? Yeah. Like the, but the way Detective Joyce described was that does happen sometimes. Sometimes it is an attempted robbery and, you know, that's how it goes bad. And the robbery, the robber doesn't get what they wanted and i think they said that like he had a watch on and the watch was still on his arm hmm. but i get her point you know yeah why didn't they take the watch why didn't they take the wallet right she believes that he could that henrik could have been shot as a consequence of the terrorist attack because remember the attacks happened what like between 8 30 and nine something in the morning and yeah, yeah. this happened at, around what 11 at night yeah so people were like riled up i mean if you watch documentaries and stuff there's people that um muslim people have said that just walking across the brooklyn bridge that people are being hateful to them telling them to go back to their own country and all this stupid crap so People, there was a man um, that was actually murdered the day after the terrorist attacks because of his, people are just stupid. They see someone with dark skin and they think that they're from the Middle East or that they're, and that's what she believes happened. She thinks that someone thought that he looked Arabic or that he looked like he could be from the Middle, middle East. See, I disagree. Very well. I'm looking at pictures of him right now, and I don't think I don't think I he think looks so different. Either. You know what I mean? Like, I don't. I don't think so either. Like, I mean, maybe it's because like 
the accent maybe. Well, the other thing was too, is he had on army fatigues. Okay. But in my head, I would be like, oh, he's here to help. He's got army fatigues on. Hmm. Yeah. You're going to have to post pictures, let people see. I don't think he looks Middle Eastern or anything like that. I don't. Not at all. I don't understand. He looks to me, I mean, maybe it's because we already know he's from Poland, but he looks Polish to me. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'll post a picture. I do have a picture that I got where he's got on, I believe it's the army fatigues that his sister is talking about, Mm -hmm. but they don't really, to me, it looks like a button down shirt that it happens to be camouflage. It doesn't this one picture. Do you, do you see what I mean? I do see that picture. Actually, I'm looking at it right now. So, um, yeah, it doesn't look. Yeah, this is crazy. Yeah. So, police notified his sister about 5 a.m. So, this would have actually been September 12th. And she immediately called her sister-in-law. And Adam answered the phone. Their son Mm-hmm. And without thinking, she tells Adam, your father is dead. And it was said in one article that Ewa was very upset. Like, you know, why did you say this to him? And she says, I just wasn't thinking. I mean, it, she was just shocked. She just blurted it out. But I, it just, that pains me. Can you imagine clear across in another country, you get this phone call? No. Oh, no. That's just um, horrible. Yes. And I'll go into a little bit to what um, she has to say about when she receives the news too. But Lucina, she says, quote, what I miss most is the fact that he's absent. He's not physically here. He doesn't ex- exist. Nothing. That's hard to understand even now. We miss him terribly. Whenever I talk to my family, we always speak about Henrik. He's never forgotten. Whenever I talk about his death, I feel like I've lost power, like someone who has lost consciousness, detached. It's so sad. Every time I talk about him, I get that exact same feeling every year that never changes. And that makes me think like, um, these people need closure. Absolutely, they do. And what's really sad, too, is that their mother, Henrik and Lucinda's mother, She, shortly after the funeral, she fell ill, and Lucina believes that their mother died of a broken heart. She, it was just shortly after the funeral. I believe that. I mean, it's a thing. Yeah, totally. Now, Iwa, she was, I'm sorry if I am butchering your name, was an emotional wreck, of course. Um. They had just recently, I think it was like six days before he passed, they had celebrated their 20th anniversary. No. Yeah. And she kept thinking that he was lost. She said for a certain period after the tragedy, she thought it was a misunderstanding. She thought someone had like stole his documents, like his passport and, you know, driver's license or whatever, his ID. And like... So they had the documents on them and that person was murdered 
And like her husband was just like lost somewhere. And so she kept calling him to see when he would come home. <laughs> so when sad. I read that, I was like, I know it was unbelievably sad. Um, you know, and she says the only thing that she could do was continue to work and take care of her children. Um, she worked as a school teacher and, you know, she took care of the kids and she just, she just kind of had to keep going. She said that Henrik was a loving husband and a loving father. He loved making us happy. He loved teaching his son to ride his bike or play chess. And he loved helping me around the house. We were leading a modest but dignified life. One more thing that a lot of people may not even know is that Henrik's death is the only recorded murder in New York for that day. Wow. Because... Yeah, so, which I didn't know this, the deaths in the terrorist attack do not count towards the city's crime statistics. Did you know that? No, but, I mean, it makes sense. It does, because it was a terrorist attack. It could have been anywhere. A separate. Yeah, separate category. Yeah. Um, and one thing, too, that that happens every September is, is posters of Henrik are put up throughout the city in hopes that someone will come forward. Um, the last I looked, there is an award, and I'm sure there still is a reward or award or whatever. Um, I don't know what the amount is, and I didn't want to post it because it could probably change from year to year. Right. But there is a phone number here. If anyone has any information, they are asked to call Crime Stoppers at 1 800 577 TIPS. Callers should refer to the Crime Stoppers poster number BK1375. Um, so, I mean, again, you know, any small thing can always help a fresh set of eyes. I think that Henrik needs justice and his family needs closure. So yep. if you've seen something, please report it. Absolutely. And that's really, that's really all I've got. Well, I do find it interesting and I can see why some people think it's a hate crime, even though to me, he doesn't look different or whatever. I hate to even yeah. like word it that way, but there was a panic after that happened. It was a different, um, energy in the air for sure i remember oh for sure like so like they the, could have heard his accent and just automatically was like you're a terrorist or you know whatever and that's horrible yeah i mean the the man that i was talking about earlier um i forget where it happened but he was a sikh like is <laughs> it I probably am saying it wrong, but it's like S-I-H-K or vice versa, um, the Sikh religion. And he had he was wearing a turban and he was shot by someone. And I think this man is like in jail. I think he's been arrested. But um, yeah, the brother honors him like every day. And it's just, I mean, it's just ridiculous. It is. People just generalized anyone different. Right. But I, I do kind of feel like with this case that 
<clears throat> he just was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Oh, absolutely. It was, at, it was late at night. And it's just a shame because he was just trying to work, get money for his family. He was poor guy. Yeah. I hope that someone comes forward sometime. I mean, somebody's got to know something. Yeah, and we're coming up September. You know, we'll be here before we know it. So I'm sure that his posters, pictures will be posted once again. So. Oh, man. Okay. Well, that was crazy. I've never heard of it. And it's sad when when other things, um, not that, I don't know. I just feel like, I, I just wish everything had the same kind of um, attention, all these cases, but they don't. So yes, um, it's good to bring this to light. But and I will say though, you know, by, from what I read and things like that, the detectives, like they really give it their all Yeah, with what they, you know, with what they had. Cause I'm kind of worried about that. Like, did people say like, oh, he didn't get the full attention that he deserved or whatever, but it sounds like that they did the best that they could. Yeah, I think so too. Especially when so many resources were being used. I don't think that they, you know, didn't do their job or anything like that. It's just unfortunate events. Yeah. And this, and these are the ways that we can keep it alive and keep it going, you know? Absolutely. I'm glad that you picked this one. I knew nothing about it at all. Sorry. So sad. <laughs> it's very sad. Thanks. You just ruined my weekend. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Bring the day. Down. Oh my gosh. Well, that's all we have. We'll be back next week with a new episode. Thanks again for listening. Um, also, if you remember, if you want to start a podcast, we will always have our Buzzsprout link in our show notes. So you can uh, click on that and then move forward. And it tells them that we sent you and all that good stuff. Also, if you're interested in connecting with us, uh, you can do so on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. If you have a story, maybe you want to share, reach out to us. Um, Prior email would be best for that. Operation Evil podcast at gmail.com. And I think that's all we have today. Our Patreons, we still have not forgot about you. That bonus episode for June. Mm -hmm. It's coming. We promise. It is coming along with July's. So yes. It's all there. We haven't forgot. We're going to make it up to you. And we're probably going to just look at things. We're probably going to start something new in August. I don't know. We'll let you know as we talk through things. But that is all. And we'll talk to you next week. Goodbye. Bye.